0: genius it takes a lot to get on my show genius you're probably someone we'd like to know you're really good at stuff you probably like to dance you like long walks and you wear clean pants genius get onto my show howdy folks welcome to living with a genius i'm your host omar crook on this episode i have the artistic director of the los angeles children's chorus and Tomlinson. I've worked with the uh, children's chorus quite a few times at LA Opera. They do all of the the children's uh, chorus work there. I've been with the opera for 11 seasons, so we see them almost every season. They're a terrific group, really nice kids. I love um, seeing the kids learning how to be on stage and and memorizing music and acting and running around. and They all get to wear these beautiful costumes that are made for them in the costume shop, just like everybody else's. And uh, I'm looking forward to my son participating, and my daughter as well. It's going to be a few years, but it sure was nice getting to know Anne. Uh, she's a really nice lady. I had never gotten a chance to sit down and talk with her. I hope you enjoy the interview. Here's Ann. Oh, <laughs> well, great, great. Hey, just, let's just chat. <laughs> um, okay, so how long has the uh, L.A. Children's Chorus been, been around?
1: This is our 31st season. It is.
0: Yeah. And I... Were you with it from the beginning?
1: I was not. I, uh, Rebecca Thompson founded The Chorus. Uh, okay. And then I took over about the 10th season, I think. Ninth or oh, tenth I season. see.
0: OK, so you've been here for 20 years A plus. long time. Yeah. And uh, let's go back. How did you, did, were you a musician when you were growing up? Did you study music as a child?
1: I did. I grew up in a family that loved music. My mm-hmm. dad was a, a natural tenor voice, wasn't a professional singer. My mom played piano and we were expected to sing in the school choirs, sing in the church choir, play an instrument, study piano, so the whole family Always had music as that's a part of our lives. Oh, uh,
0: that's great. Did you grow up here in California?
1: No, no. I'm from the upper Midwest. So oh. those, those long, cold winters, that's what we did. We I just see. sat around and made music together. And where,
0: where exactly, what, what city were you in?
1: Uh, Northern Wisconsin. I uh-huh. actually grew up in uh, a little area called Door County. It's actually kind of a pretty little area of Wisconsin that mm-hmm. uh, a lot of Scandinavian people settled in, as well as the Germans. So And
0: a strong choral tradition
1: wonderful choral tradition yeah Yeah. we admired St Olaf and all the Concordia choirs just a real passion for choral singing
0: sure okay so did you as a as a small child think that you'd be in music did you have any other aspirations what were your what would you want to be when you grew up when you were back back home
1: from third grade on I knew I wanted to do something in music I wasn't quite sure I had a, a public school music teacher who you know? It was a small school district. The town was only twenty five hundred people. We didn't have music books. She just wrote the words to the song on the board, right. the chalkboard in yeah. those days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just there was something about her, her love of children, her love of music, that I said, I want to do music. And so I uh, first uh, at high, high school graduation, mm-hmm. I knew I, I I didn't know exactly what kind of music mm-hmm. I wanted to do. So I looked at a couple places. University of Wisconsin in Madison, Mm -hmm. Lawrence Conservatory in Appleton. But I decided, you know, I'm from such a small town, I want to try the big city. And And for me, the big city was Madison, Wisconsin. Sure. And I actually studied pipe organ. I was a keyboard player at that time. And uh, the first, my freshman year, I was assigned to the student teaching assistant, and I was crushed that I didn't get the major professor. (laughs) But it's one of those things that turned out to be to my advantage because he had just graduated from Oberlin Mm -hmm. and said, Ann, you know, you've got some skills here. I think University of Wisconsin would be okay, but maybe you should try something a little bit more in-depth. so he encouraged me to audition at Northwestern University. My audition got in on the spot. As Auditioned an or- as an organist, as a uh-huh. yeah a pipe organist, uh-huh. I went to Cincinnati Conservatory, took an audition there, was accepted on the spot. Went to Oberlin, and they said, wait list. And I went, oh, <laughs> and my dad said, okay, you've seen three three schools, all really great educational programs. Where do you want to go? And I said, I'd love to go to Oberlin. And he goes. Wait, wait. Why do you want to go to Oberlin? I said I think I'll learn the most. Uh-huh. And I've just always had a passion for learning and I did How did uh, it go uh, at
0: Oberlin? Did you is was that, was that a great experience? Oh, do you feel it like was, it was the right choice?
1: I, I do. I'm really grateful for Oberlin's just attention to detail, the depth of the education. I remember working with my uh principal teacher on pipe organ, Dr. Bo, and we'd work months on like just a measure or uh-huh. two to get the articulation just right, the length of every note. And um, I, I really loved that in-depth sort of study, had a great cadre of friends uh-huh. who Always teased me for being from Wisconsin, of <laughs> course. Uh, so I took a lot of golf, but uh, it, it was a great experience and really opened my eyes to the world of music from my tiny little town to a much broader view of yeah, what was yeah. going on.
0: Now, when you were at Oberlin, were you were you working? Were you gigging? Were you working for a church? Were you, how did you support yourself while you were in school?
1: Yeah, I. I I did a lot of church work, mm-hmm. and actually that was why I took the conducting class, because I realized as a pipe organ player, you're probably going to do some church work, mm-hmm. and it would be really good to know what I was doing when I was standing in front of the church choir. Right. So I took conducting 101. We did Vivaldi Gloria oh for my like gosh. that first semester. I never wanted, well, <laughs> I shouldn't say it, but the piece has perhaps been set aside for a period of time. Uh, sure. Um, but I just loved it. I fell in love with conducting, and the teacher there, Dan Moe, said, "You know, you seem to have kind of an innate an ab- ability mm-hmm. and you knew kind of about pacing and what singers seemed to need and when you could move forward when you had to repeat." Mm-hmm. So when I graduated Oberlin, um, still with a pipe organ degree, I decided to go to Northwestern University for a couple of reasons. Well, maybe three. Uh, Northwestern had Margaret Hillis, mm-hmm. who was the Grant Grouchon. You know, she conducted the Chicago Symphony Orchestra mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to, st- and I wanted to study with a woman, uh, and a woman professional conductor was pretty rare. Sure. In the m- late seventies. She still is. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I could keep up my pipe organ. I, they also had a pretty strong pipe organ department there, so I could do both. Mm-hmm. And then there was also kind of a boyfriend on the horizon uh-huh. in Chicago. So, so all sorts of great reasons. That's what I wanted to get there to. There you
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, tell me about this boyfriend. Where did you guys, uh, did you guys meet in at Northwestern or did you follow him from some other?
1: No, actually to help make uh, money over the summer. Not only did I have a church job, oh, but believe cut. this or not. There were resorts in northern Wisconsin. A lot of people from Chicago would come up when Chicago got too unbearably Mm -hmm, hot, mm -hmm. and come up and do some swimming and some sailing, hiking in this area. And I met him as he was vacationing up in in northern Wisconsin, Uh and we kind of hit it off. And sounds a little bit
0: like Dirty Dancing. Oh sure, <laughs> sure.
1: Uh, it probably wasn't quite that exciting, but I'll, I'll just say it was, so it sounds. <laughs> good. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah. And
0: so, so when you were, um, you yeah. So this is, this is interesting. So you were obviously you got a degree in pipe organ, which mm-hmm. is not very common, at least for me here on the mm-hmm. west coast. I don't know that many people mm-hmm. who have degrees in performing pipe organ. Uh, the transition first. You said you loved uh, conducting. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason that you that, that grabbed you so much at the time? Do you remember?
1: Um, I think what a lot of musicians say who are solo keyboard artists, that you miss making music with other people.
0: Yes. I've heard this, yeah.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and as much as I loved practicing organ and harpsichord, I did a lot of harpsichord there too. Mm-hmm. I really just enjoyed getting other ideas from other artists mm-hmm. and working with other people. So I think that was the, a strong part of the motivation.
0: Do you, do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert?
1: Oh, I'm pretty introverted. Are you? Yeah.
0: But you get the social aspect through through music. Yeah. I yeah.
1: see. Extroverted when I need to be, and yeah, but yeah, yeah. probably by choice a little quieter. Yeah.
0: Okay. So how did you get from playing the organ and conducting in Chicago to... Uh, What was the next step? Did you form a choir? Did you, how how did you, I I assume that you kept transitioning towards choral music.
1: Yeah. In my second year of studying and getting my master's at Northwestern, I took a church job again to Mm -hmm. help pay those bills. Sure. And um, they asked when I finished my degree, if I'd come on full time. And I really hoped to be a collegiate choral conductor. Mm -hmm. But again, those opportunities for women were the door was pretty closed. Right. So I I continued with that job and had grown up in churches and church music all my life. So uh-huh. it seemed sort of a natural transition. Uh-huh. It was a program that was faltering a little bit and you know, with some good old hard work and uh-huh. some great people. The program grew uh-huh. and so um I I really enjoyed church work and got to do both the conducting and the pipe organ. So mm-hmm. that was that was a good combination.
0: Now, did you grow up in a was your household religious? Did you? Uh, w- yeah, my uh-huh. my
1: dad actually was a, a minister, I and see. Um, but a singing minister. I mean, I he loved yeah, to yeah, sing yeah. and was in yeah. the choir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I always did that as well.
0: I see. Yeah. Okay, so from Chicago, what happened next?
1: Um, well, I had an aunt who lived in Colorado, mm-hmm. and she and I had stayed together over the years she'd always been sort of an inspiration because she was a real kind of kick-in-the-pants type aunt you know the one you all all want and and your parents were kind of terrified of (laughs) because she was (laughs) courageous and bold and or at least my parents is being more religious and um she said you know my church here in Colorado is looking for an organist choir director would you come out and audition an interview Mm -hmm. and I did and I thought Colorado and I, I went in the fall when the Aspen had just oh, turned geez. in oh my gosh they turned on everything they knew how to yeah. do to draw uh, me away yeah, from yeah. Chicago and I thought this would be kind of cool you know I don't have to stay here forever but why don't I try it so what
0: part of Colorado was it? Uh, uh, oh, we're north of Denver Fort I Collins oh, Fort Collins I know Fort Collins oh, right yeah. at the base of the hill there yeah that's the so foot nice yeah, yeah it's a
1: beautiful city and again uh, with some great great people and a great supportive staff and some hard work Program built again, and yeah. I I was there for about eight or nine years. Wow! Yeah.
0: Okay, and so. did you? were you just living alone or what, how did you, how did you manage eight or nine years in Colorado without any friends and coming out to live with your aunt?
1: Oh, I had, I had great friends in Colorado I and, see. and we had a team that went hiking, you know, just love the outdoors. I, see. I was married at the time. Uh-huh. Um, and he was a clarinetist. Uh-huh. His career was, was a little bit diffi- more difficult for him, but sure. he did come with me. We decided the marriage wasn't absolutely the best that it could be so we separated and divorced at that time okay and then I met someone else Mm -hmm. when I was there who was moving to Southern California. And
2: Another
0: that, musician?
1: Uh, no, ah. I'm a minister, and I swore, because I'd grown up <laughs> in a religious <laughs> home, I would never, ever consider marrying a minister. Well, that's how it goes, isn't it? Yeah, I seems mean, to be. Life sure. kicks this in the pants, well, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you,
0: I mean, you end up turning into your parents it's, at some yeah. point. <laughs> I hope not totally, but yeah, there's some nice things I like to emulate.
1: Um, but he was uh, very, much more on the liberal side, mm-hmm. and more a church administrator at a national level so yeah. it seemed okay okay i can okay. do this okay um so you guys came out to california so came out to california had a church job down in santa Ana mm-hmm. uh, for a number of years and met rebecca thompson who founded mm-hmm. lacc
2: mm-hmm.
1: and she um i accompanied her for a workshop she was doing and you know children's church choir junior choir Pretty much G major four four, yeah, n- yeah. maybe a B section in D major, right? And back. So I, I looked through the pieces and thought this will, you know, will yeah. be easy. Well, what was really fascinating is she was a ma- is a master interpreter, and boy, no two measures were the same for her. Mm-hmm. And so it was. I I really enjoyed working with her at that workshop. And they just had happened to have lost an, a pianist mm-hmm. and asked if I'd be interested. And but I you, said, were in th- sure. you
0: were in Orange County and she was up in L.A. She
1: was up in, yeah. But uh, so I, I came up to audition for the position. And get this, she was looking for um, an accompanist. They were working on Mahler 3 mm-hmm. for the L.A. Philharmonic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, she said, would you do this Mahler 3 rehearsal? And I thought, well, you know, I'm a pipe organ i i i'm happy in two octaves but yeah. uh, orchestral reduction usually is a little bit more demanding of the keyboard mm-hmm. so i said sure send the score down i'll study it and i'll i'll give you my best well the score didn't arrive didn't arrive didn't arrive and i finally called la children's Chorus office and i said uh i'm awaiting the score has it been sent and uh, they said oh they told us rebecca really wanted you to sight read That rehearsal So we're not going to be Sending it to you Wow And this is like The night before Or something So I I run to my record collection and sit and listen to the piece where the children are saying that little bell chorus yeah, section. Yeah. Like eight hundred times. Just try to get the key relationships, you know, worked it out a uh-huh. little bit in my Basically ear. memorize
0: it. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I came up I didn't think I did that well in the auditions, but she was very pleased and and so I started here as yeah. a pianist.
0: Did you move up to LA or did you commute? No, I commuted oh from
1: Anaheim Hill, at least North Orange County. Sure. Anaheim Hills. Wow. For a number of of years, eight or 10 years. And then finally, Dave and I moved up to Altadena and that that just made life a lot easier, uh-huh, and more uh-huh. enjoyable.
0: And tell me about the transition into from working here to running the place. How'd yeah. that go?
1: Um, <laughs> oh, that was fun. Um, <laughs> After I played piano a couple seasons, uh, the program was just growing. Kids were yeah. coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. She said, we want to form another choir, an uh, entry-level choir. Would you conduct the apprentice choir?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I said, you oh, well, you know, I've done the junior choir in churches. Don't know if a community choir. Don't know if I'll be okay, but I'd like to try. Mm-hmm. So I transitioned and did the entry-level choir for a couple years. And then Dean and Rebecca moved. He accepted a position in West Virginia, I mm-hmm. think and the board and Rebecca came to me and said would you try this we'd love to give you the opportunity Mm -hmm. and it just felt so right you didn't have
0: any doubts about it
1: I did somewhat later (laughs) after those first rehearsals because kids you want them to be loyal to their conductor and um, I added a rehearsal a week Mm -hmm. and I added musicianship studies those Mm -hmm. were two new things Mm -hmm. and so it was a it was a little difficult in the first year. In fact, I almost didn't continue. And I, I talked to a ton of colleagues, and I said, you know, I love the, the music, but it's, it's, it's treble music. It's mm-hmm. going to be a little bit limited mm-hmm. in the repertoire. and What about the I administrative
0: just, uh, part of it? Did you, w- was that difficult for you?
1: I uh, I was always kind of a planner. Our okay. family put a lot of emphasis on planning, so organizing things is like I can nature. do that pretty pretty comfortably.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I hadn't worked, you know, and had the responsibilities for ensuring a nonprofit would come f- come through, mm-hmm. but I love leadership and was able just somewhat like a conductor, you need to inspire, mm-hmm. especially since we're working with volunteers for sure. the most part to to bring a good sense of camaraderie and and that seemed to work pretty well
0: how about dealing with so, the parents how did that go um is it generally okay
1: it really is yeah. you know we have kind of this thing where 95 percent of the people seem to get it and work really okay. easily they're just a few that you need sure. to nurture and help along a little bit and, sure. and so you spend some more extra time with them but i you know, I think in this work you're educating everybody. You're right. educating parents, staff, the children, board, you know, to to really engage in the program and support it. So. Right, um, right. And uh, well. from
0: when you started to today, how has the program grown? Like how many choirs do you have? How many kids do you have participating?
1: When I began, I think we had 150 children in mm-hmm. three ensembles. We mm-hmm. now have 350 children in six different ensembles. Mm-hmm. Uh, We have vocal coaches who come in. You know, when you tell a group of children, ask them to do one thing, you've got some of those super achievers who will overdo it. Some will do it right. Some who don't quite understand. Right. So we make sure the children each have individual sessions two to three times a year with a coach. To make sure that they, their vocal health mm-hmm. is our, one of our primary concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, musicianship program, they each have a class, half an hour class, either before or after their rehearsal to become musically literate. Wow. And um, and then it, you know, takes a couple years for them to be ready to do some of the work that we've enjoyed with you at the right. opera. Right. And, on The stage with the Philharmonic Hollywood Bowls. So.
0: and tell me about the age ranges. Uh, because the only reason I, I, I mean, I'm particularly interested because I have a, a son that's coming up on four years in January, and uh, we, we have a piano at home, and we tinker around on the piano and I try and introduce him you know he's known where middle C is for the last two years and uh but we haven't really gotten beyond that uh and if it's not a Steinway he's going to have trouble finding it because he knows it's under the S (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I don't know how well we're doing uh so what at what age can I bring my son to you and have him start learning music
1: well, we have classes for 6 and 7-year-olds, okay. which are basically music and movement. We just want them to begin to find their head voice and begin to uh, just develop a joy of music. And mm-hmm. we do that through some... Um, we, I mean, they're musical games, but they're sure. all very much serving a purpose. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, a mm-hmm. lot of movement and um, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of solfege, even like a little... Bum, yeah, bum, sure. Bum, you know, just beginning to take those first steps. So we have three different levels mm-hmm. for that. what we call first experiences in singing classes. Mm-hmm. And then the next is a bridge between those sort of music and active mov- uh, movement classes to a more traditional choral seated holding music. And we call that first experiences in choral singing. Mm-hmm. And that helps them transition into a more traditional choral rehearsal understanding. Mm-hmm. Then we have a preparatory choir, apprentice choir, intermediate that are all what we consider part of our training division Mm -hmm. that help them develop their head voice, expand their range, develop their ear, do some more part singing. Mm -hmm. We love to introduce them to different languages when they're young. So some of the kids are singing in five or six languages when they first start. Um, and then quite a few more by the time they're in the upper level groups. Sure. And then we have concert choir, which is the choir with the red vests that most uh-huh. people see around the city. Uh-huh. And then for older girls and older boys, we have two separate groups, uh, chamber singers for girls and young men's ensemble for the guys. Mm-hmm. And we just started that young men's ensemble. This is their sixth season. And we didn't really know it was kind of a pioneer pilot effort. Mm-hmm is this the right thing to do? And my goodness, we couldn't be luckier than having Dr. Steve Cronauer, who maybe you know. Sure, sure. um,
0: I've studied with Steve, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: lead those young guys. And they have a remarkable sound. You know, considering that some boys walk in this Sunday and can sing baritone, and then the next Sunday they're (laughs) singing some other different part (laughs) completely. Um, He does a great job at helping them have a really great choral experience.
0: Now, uh, I've... uh every season everybody at the opera has to audition it's it's nerve-wracking we all wait for months to see who got what assignments how do you um assemble the the choruses that we work with at la opera is that uh, a set group or is it on audition based do you pull depending on the show's needs the 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 things that you need or how, how does that work
1: well, my when I was early in my uh, work with LA Opera, because the company was small and mm-hmm. just building, they would give us a set of costume sizes that they already had, and I needed to select the children that right. fit into the costumes. Right. Fortunately, in the last years, the company has been so successful and grown that now they make costumes for whoever I bring.
2: Sure.
1: We, you know, always they need to be on the shorter side, so they mm-hmm. read as <laughs> young children, they need to have pretty developed voices mm-hmm. as, you know, a young sure. child in a 3,200-seat hall. Um, we look for parents who can really support, because those rehearsals and all that transportation mm-hmm. are pretty demanding on mm-hmm. family life. Children who are doing well in school, because oftentimes they do need to miss quite a bit of their academic program. Sure. Um, so I sit with our other conductors, and we really carefully... Study each score. What are the vocal needs? Show by show. Mm-hmm. show every, it's different. Mm-hmm. And then we usually try to always have some returning choristers and some new. So there's a sense of experience and wisdom and from those older singers. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then mentorship mm-hmm. for the new ones mm-hmm. as well. So, um, it's, so they are selected by the conductors for each production.
0: And is it something that all the kids get nervous about every season or whenever there's a job? with the fill or with the I mean is it a what is it does it stir up a lot of emotion for everybody or is it just par for the course how do you prepare I guess my question is how do you prepare these young kids to deal with disappointment that Mm -hmm. is coming for all musicians at one point or another
1: yeah we try to de-emphasize competition Uh at, at the course you know we're not some people have said well you're kind of like a conservatory program and I go
0: yeah you don't pit them against each other not really
1: we try to set an environment that's nurturing and supportive and in our chorister handbook as we meet with new parents at the orientation we do talk about how exciting those opportunities are the years of preparation your child needs to experience to be ready to handle Mm -hmm. that pressure Mm -hmm. and the musical challenges Mm -hmm. and then we we do as much as possible try to share the wealth <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, too yeah. um and you know let every child touch that world because they not only do they grow as musicians but the personal growth that they experience is really phenomenal so you know the little boy who tripped over his chair in the first <laughs> first uh, experiences in choral singing class you know can we help him build some understanding and some dexterity so that he'll Mm -hmm. run around the stage at the opera and not run into anybody or any prop as well. So we really work to help them have that professional contact when they can.
0: I I really admire that because I, and I've said this on a couple of podcasts, it's a theme that I come back to in private conversations with my friends about the concept of um, success and failure, especially as Americans and the culture that we've been brought up in where the, the concept of failure is so stigmatized in a, in a way that's uh, un, it's not usable. It's not useful because mm-hmm. I, I feel like yeah. uh, in order to be successful, you not only have to risk failure, but you have to fail. Yeah. And failure in, in the way that I think of it and the way that I try and teach my son is a really positive thing. When yeah. you're failing at something, it means you are trying to do something beyond your current scope, uh, beyond your reach at that moment. Yeah. And that's how you grow. And uh, to hear that there's an, uh, an organization that's as big and successful as LACC, that at least as far as what I've gotten out of it, promotes that type of thinking is really fantastic.
1: Well, thank you. Um, children are just so remarkable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Um, when I grew up there was a pretty strict educational you know your teacher was uh, you were to respect and it was an authority figure on mm-hmm. that wasn't questioned and we really try to set a, a sort of a goal I think it was um Bill Denning who talked about being a choral conductors you're sort of first among equals and we really try to have the children do a lot of self-assessment in rehearsals we uh, in sectionals a lot uh-huh. but often those sectionals are led by students are, are more experienced choristers inside the program uh-huh. and they learn to work together and uh-huh. so that none of us could be a choir by ourselves so uh-huh. um, to build something bigger and and greater and pick each other up and and be just a supportive environment I what I loved about what you said was that y- you're supporting your son as he's experiencing both what we de- define as success and failure, mm-hmm. you know he's got that environment around mm-hmm. him that even if that task hasn't been quite achieved yet, and mm-hmm. I think that's what we always hope for, um, that you've you've given him the security that you'll you'll be there and and yeah, and help I think there,
0: I mean there's a there's a process that people have to go through to to become good at something. And the better you want to be at that thing, the more you have to risk and the more yeah. you have to practice and, and the more you're going to stumble. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, I, I find that the, the way that we focus so heavily on winning yeah. uh, in this country, d- it doesn't do anybody any good, I don't think.
1: Yeah, you know, I've got a lot of kids who play soccer, do uh-huh. water polo, a lot of sports. Uh-huh. One of the most powerful senior essays um, or college app essays I've uh-huh. ever written was from a girl last year who said, you know, I play soccer and we're taught to win at all costs and get the ball and doesn't even, you know, if you can kind of just, just impose your will on the uh-huh. other team. Uh-huh. And she said, but what I love about choirs is that we're here and we're supposed to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and that's when we all succeed and that's when we soar. Right. And I just, I so agree with that. Well, I always
0: measure success uh, in terms of how well you do on your own. How how are you doing? uh, I mean, it's unrealistic to say that we all do the best that we can and I don't do the best that I can a lot of the time, but I'm conscious of it and I try and I teach my son that, uh, that if you're, if you're doing the best that you can on that day, uh, winning is just a byproduct of that thing it's not the goal the goal is to do to be the best person you can be to try the hardest you can to work well with others and if somebody beats you you know sometimes somebody's just better than you are at something and that's just how it is Yeah. yeah um and that's 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 gotta be okay so what's um what's next on the horizon for you what what uh, how how uh, I don't know how your particular position works. Are you on contract? Do you have a certain set time limit that you've set for yourself? How long are you going to be here, and what <laughs> comes after that?
1: I'm going to be with the LA Children's Course for two more seasons, and then I will be stepping down. I'm exploring some additional kind of uh, projects. Uh, nothing's super clear at the moment. Can you talk about it? Um, can well, you allude to it? Sure, I can allude, <laughs> um, because I do know the treble repertoire pretty handily. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it might be interesting to perhaps form a women's ensemble mm-hmm. that might be interested in uh, working together. That I love working with the children. Mm-hmm. I There is some repertoire that is powerful for treble voices that isn't quite appropriate right. for this age. Mm-hmm. So delving into some of that repertoire, I'm, I'm also very intrigued by the two current trends in choral music for site-specific performances mm-hmm. in some non-traditional spaces, mm-hmm. and also um, a lot of emphasis on social justice issues in in choral music. And some of those issues aren't quite right for young children mm-hmm. but might be s- pretty um, important for, for some older women to be addressing. Uh,
0: the, uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Have you, I mean... it seems to me that you're in a unique position to affect more change than just on a regional level. I mean, have you thought about going to Washington? Have you thought about trying to get some kind of national program together to emulate or to to replicate what you're doing here in Los Angeles and try and get it spread across the country, especially in this desert that we're finding ourselves in as far as music, music education goes for youngsters?
1: I would love to be able to impact music education in this country more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not quite sure the avenues of it, but mm-hmm. you've you pressed a button that um, I might need to do some more research on and see. I, you know, every child to know Congress, deserves this. Getting yeah. to know
0: a congressperson and, sure. and, and saying, hey, let's go talk to Congress and yeah. see if we can get some, some money for this.
1: It would, it's so vitally important. We mustn't lose the voice of children in this country. We right. Mustn't.
0: right. And the way that you teach them, not only about music, but about how to get along in life. I mean, I think there's so many lessons. I, I've been in music not, not so long. Um, I started studying when I was 25. <laughs> and uh, all of my friends are in music. All the best people I know I met through music. <laughs> it seems to attract a certain type of person that... Um, is kind and and considerate and smart and uh, I don't know I feel like there there are lots of things that we could teach our kids through music that transcends music itself into making people just nicer to each other.
1: I think so they build a curiosity about everything I think when Mm -hmm. they study music and it open you know they've done all these studies about how the brain works when it's creating music and it really draws on the whole person doesn't it I Mm -hmm. I mean not only the voice but the mind and the mm-hmm. spirit and heart and soul of mm-hmm. all of us. And it's, although I never took a music education class through all my studies, mm-hmm. um, just seeing children's eyes light up when they get something that we've been working on or they understand something, and it's, it's just a r- remarkable experience. One of the things that's also, I think, impacted our children here at LA Children's Course is our international travels. Mm-hmm. We're just back from Japan, and it was not lost on us that 70, 80 years ago, those two nations, our our nation and Japan were at war. Mm -hmm. And here, we met with probably seven or eight different children's choirs throughout the entire country of Japan. And here, these children are singing together. And at the end of almost every concert, Back in the warm-up room, the choirs were doing different games with each other, and mm-hmm. playing with each other, couldn't really speak. Some spoke English, we didn't speak terribly much Japanese. But just the the simpatico yeah, and, the and friendships yeah. that were formed by being together and singing together. I, I think um, the world has a lot to gain
2: yeah. by
1: by children just being with one another and and singing together and enjoying one another and respecting.
0: Yeah, and other. the lessons that they learn at, at, um, at these ages are the lessons that really stick with you yeah. uh, f- through the rest of your life. Your, idea, your, your perception of other people, your ideas of friendship, your mm-hmm. ideas of competition yeah. and self. I think, um, I mean, I remember lessons when I was six years old that I live <laughs> by today. Yeah. Um, and the, I, I, that's why I bring up this idea of trying to create something bigger than, you know, using LACC as a model for something mm-hmm. bigger in the country, which just could impact generations of people yeah. all over the place in such a great way.
1: Love that idea. Love it. Hmm. Okay. I'm, my brain's going. <laughs> I'll have to think of <laughs> ways. Okay. So in two <laughs>
0: years, who takes the helm? Have you picked that person or is it chosen by the board or how does that work?
1: The organization has taken the first steps. They're writing a job description now. Mm -hmm. They're going to be very careful and very thorough. They are hoping to post the job opening very soon. They're doing focus groups with different constituencies around the city. Not only LACC stakeholders, but stakeholders throughout LA are wonderful artistic partners as well. And it will be an international search. And wow. I feel quite good that um, I think the reputation of the program is being focused on solid music, great children, uh, nurturing children, head tone, and great repertoire, and great partnerships. Um, will draw a wide uh, set of candidates. And although the process isn't totally formulated yet, I'm hoping that they will, they will have certainly auditions and interviews and um, together with the organization, we'll hopefully find just the next. There's so many bright, wonderful, young conductors coming sure. along that I, I'm just excited for LACC. That they'll have a new person to take, uh, bring some new ideas to, to right. the organization.
0: What else? What else should we talk about? What did we not cover?
1: What did we not cover? What's coming should up? Kids' vocal health. Yeah. Maybe want to keep them solid. That's one of our major goals that... That uh, with so yeah, much emphasis think? on uh, pop that's, styles that's my and music theater, which so many of our young people love, um, how can we make sure that the children can sing for all of their life? So we tell them, please, 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 learn these basic techniques, how to support the voice, not through just the muscles around the voice itself, mm-hmm. but using the full body, using the breath to help you, using mm-hmm. resonance. Um, give us your children now <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then after puberty when the voice grows and a little bit after that then they can head off and to study anything they want opera, country, you know, but please help them learn the basics of healthy singing first and mm-hmm. then add those other stylistic elements so that's another crusade of mine that okay. I, I want to get in and <laughs> maybe a little bit about repertoire We d- obviously for those reasons because mm-hmm. we're trying to teach this technique Uh, The pieces we select the children to learn are to support that technique. Mm -hmm. Um, So we want to make sure also that they touch music of previous composers, not Mm -hmm. only contemporary composers, but have the whole breadth as well. So I think one of our girls said when she graduated high school she knew twenty four languages wow. or, or at least enough to yeah, sing yeah, in yeah. them which sure. was, was you know you try to build their curiosity about the world too sure. so that's great.
0: Uh, how do you deal with the with the kids that want to be the next uh, Jackie Ivanko or the or <laughs> the Charlotte churches and do, do you just flat out say, you know what that's not good for your voice to do that type of singing at this age?
1: We as gently but as clearly as possible yeah. do talk with parents if a child comes to audition. Um, that already shows some sign of wear and tear, can we say? Um, We do send them to uh, an actual... A speech pathologist. Yes, uh, and uh, have encouraged them to get scoped if we hear that raspy quality that we think may be some vocal health issue. uh And then we talk to parents very, very clearly to say, if you want your child to learn this technique, our experience has been that trying to do two techniques simultaneously is only confusing to the child
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and they would need to set aside that other approach for a while Mm -hmm. and really delve into this system sometimes although we don't encourage it for every child um, some children really do benefit by individual instruction when they're a little bit younger sure and so we it's all very individually developed you know our response to a voice and uh to the personality of the child and the desire of the family to mm-hmm. for participation so our, our hope is to support every child and to help them find their best
0: sure voice. sure and do you have any um i mean you've been doing this long enough to see uh if this is true or not have any of your former students gone on to pr- to continue their studies and become professional musicians and singers
1: we have some that are currently in the first steps of their career mm-hmm. uh, in New York, some in Europe, and it's exciting to mm-hmm. watch them uh, delve into that. I, I don't think we necessarily emphasize the music uh, as a profession, uh-huh. because you know, it's it's a tricky one. It's a wonderful one, sure. but um, and but hopefully music lovers and music supporters all their lives But it's been fun to watch some now in their, you know, late 20s, early 30s, take those first steps. Sure. And uh, if they want it, we're there and we're cheerleaders, of course, always.
0: (laughs) Sure, sure. And what do you have coming up? Do you have some concerts coming up?
1: We do, we look forward, um, well, uh, this winter, early December, the LA Philharmonic is presenting John Adams' El Nino, Mm -hmm. and Grant Gershon will be conducting, so we're very excited to Mm -hmm. be working with him, and Peter Sellers will be around for that as well. Um, Some wonderful collaborations with the local orchestra, Pasadena Symphony, Mm -hmm. uh, will be doing the host uh, choral hymns of the Rig Veda Mm -hmm. with us, which is great. And they've also asked us to join the Don Bruniger singers for the um, Beethoven's oh, Ninth. So I like Don. Oh, that was pages and pages of B uh, flats and like, oh, okay, first <laughs> <for> sopranos, relax. <laughs> here we go.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and then we love to host international choirs. So we have a choir, the the Opera Chorus from Berlin mm-hmm. is coming in November, November fifteenth, free concert here at Pasadena Presbyterian Church and. We'll do a choral exchange program and sing together and How wonderful. R- we homestay them and have dinner together and then take them to the beach and uh, just have a great experience to get to know another choir from another part of the world.
0: And these, this is, it's an adult choir, yeah? No, or no, they're, no they're, they're it's, the children's. it's oh, the, the children's children's
1: choir. choir of yeah, the Kinderchor ah. Stadtsopperer Unter den Linden. Uh-huh. So uh, we're looking forward ah, to get to wonderful. meet them. Yeah, so that'll be wonderful too. And we self-produce our own concerts in early December. And all this information, of course, is on our website. What's the website? uh, LAchildrenscourse.org. All right. So you can find out all sorts of things going on there.
0: That's great, Ann. Well, Well, it sure was nice having you on the show.
1: Thanks so much. Great to have some time to chat with you.
0: Same here. Thanks. And there you have it, folks. Ann Tomlinson. What a nice lady. Very thoughtful. Very kind. I hope you like the interview. I want to thank Gregory Geiger for helping me with my awesome theme song. Still loving it, buddy. Why don't you go to LAClassical.com and tell him I said hi. And I also want to thank all of you for listening, for the donations, for the emails. I really appreciate the uh, support from all of you and hearing from my friends at work that they like it too. It really makes me feel great. Anyway, I hope you all have a great day. Thanks so much, and until next time. You like long walks and you wear clean pants. Genius. Get on to my show.